Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome into Sabres Live. If we're looking at this objectively... Buffalo Sabres, Detroit Red Wings, Ottawa Senators. More specifically, if we're looking at it physically and literally, clearly a Buffalo armed with a Sabre is going to be able to dismiss a Red Wing and or a Senator. So I think just in name and stature alone here, as we dive into who should be winning this off-season race to ultimately win the regular season race for a playoff spot. And we're talking about the Sabres, the Senators, and the Wings because Ottawa made a big splash yesterday getting Vladimir Tarasenko on a one-year $5 million deal. Marty, we're going to invest some time today in this exact matchup between three, dare I say, three appropriately Mm -hmm. identified as Atlantic Division teams. Um, Yeah, we are very close to the Atlantic uh, when we look at Buffalo and Detroit. If you go into the uh, lakes and you float all the way down the St. Lawrence River, maybe you catch Ottawa and then you end up in the Atlantic. So, yeah, um, I don't know about the name. That's why I don't like the names of the division. I want to go back to what they were named in the 80s with uh, the four divisions that were not named with locations, more with a uh, just a name. I don't want to go back to the... uh, a pandemic year when it was the uh you know enterprise uh north division and you're the uh, only person who knows that we need to leave let that lay okay yeah absolutely Let's by the way zach live. benson has just signed his three-year entry-level deal i'm not sure yes. i was going to factor into this comparison but maybe well Marty you know what it factors us. in and it, this is uh, before we look at the the way the teams are built like their top nine their d's and and everything for me the biggest difference between detroit Ottawa and Buffalo comes to the development of players on those teams. Ottawa and Buffalo has a huge advantage in the fact that I believe they've developed a lot more players, drafted players or young players that were traded there that ended up being developed through the minor leagues, through the, you know, first year uh, in the NHL, second year in the NHL. You look at Thompson, you look at Cousins, Paterka, Middle stat, Darlene Power, Samuels, like you have so many of them that have been developed. Ottawa's got the same thing. Ottawa's got a lot of their own players that they've developed over the time. I look at Detroit, 
I don't see the same thing. I see Detroit are as they are trying to piece it together with trades and UFAs and let's try to make it work. Other than Dylan Larkin and Mo Sider, they don't have an impactful player for me right now on that team that was developed. Not like the Sabres do and not like the Ottawa Senators do. So that's the first thing I look at when I look at those two teams is Who's got the the edge? Uh, those three teams. Who has the edge? Mm-hmm. Well, you got to look at the roster, but how the, the roster was built, and obviously that's why I feel like Ottawa and Buffalo are in a different category because Detroit did not develop much of their roster. No, but Simon Edmondson's going to be in there too. Um, he may not appear. He should, uh, but maybe won't on our defense list here coming up for the Red Wings. It's hard to know because they did add a lot of new pieces this off season. But if we look at yeah, the forward, did. well, here, here's the, let me, let's do the. And maybe it works fine for them. I just don't, when you think of long-term well, success, I, I don't like that. I like a team that develops their players. True. But the wings have no one to apologize to based on their run of 25 years prior. Yeah, exactly. But they did a lot of developing their own players then. And that was the key to their success. They did, but they also then had the ability to hit free agent home run after home run after home run yes. because everybody wanted to come in at the end of their careers, i.e. Robitaille, Hull, yes. you know you know what I mean? Like so, Hashek and it, whatever, it, right? Right, like, exactly. Well, so the Sabres had the biggest point improvement last year between yes. the three. They went up to 91 points. It was a 16-point improvement. And when you consider where they were at the tail end of Ralph Kruger and the early returns of Don Granado, they were a 330 points percentage team. They improved to 457 and last year got up to 555. So clearly trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Now, the auto, but they're still carrying the longest playoff drought in the NHL at 12 yes. years. Ottawa may be overlooked by some because they too missed the playoffs, but they had a 13 point improvement. So they were right there. With Buffalo, they ended up with 86 points. They're currently in a six-year drought and have missed in eight of the last 10. The problem for Ottawa, as it comes pertains to patience, is they were at 437, then 455, then back to 445, and now at 524. So it's been a, it's been a little bit like, hey, when are we going to take the jump? So yes. the jump wasn't as big as Buffalo, but it's close, and they did so with arguably without arguably one of their top players in Josh Norris for the entirety of the season. And they've certainly revamped, which we'll dive into. Detroit hung around in this race, maybe longer than some thought they would. Yeah, I think so. They ended up with 80 points. That was a plus six on their ledger. But they're riding a seven-year playoff drought right Mm -hmm. now. And their last four years have been interesting, to say the least. They bottomed out at 275 points percentage. They went up to 429, which gave everybody high hopes. They made a marginal step to 451, and then they made another step to 488 last year. But they've yet been able to crest over that 500 plateau, which at the bare minimum is what keeps you into the conversation into the first week of April. So how do you like this is a lot of weight to carry on these three franchises right now when you consider the length, collective length of the playoff droughts here between the three. So the one thing that stood out to me when I went to NHL.com this morning and I pulled up the standings from last season to compare those three teams is that, first of all, Detroit was the one team under 500, under NHL 500, but they were under 500. Ottawa and Buffalo were above 500. The other thing that stood out to me is that 
Buffalo scored 296. Ottawa scored 261 in 82 games. Detroit, 240. Like, it's a game where you have to score to win games. And although this next season could change, I don't think that Detroit laid the groundwork for being an offensive team and moving in that direction next year. So that is the biggest thing. When you look at goal differential, like only Columbus, Montreal, and Philly was worse than Detroit in the Eastern Conference. Like that to me, again, goal differential, people are going to say, oh, you know what? Sometimes you can win big and it's going to make it up. But last season, only one team with a plus goal differential missed the playoff and it was the Calgary Flames. The other 16 teams that had a plus goal differential made it. Detroit was at minus 55. Like they would have to make a major jump next year in the goal differential category. They were minus 39, sorry. But they'd have to make a major jump to say, hey, can we flip the script and be in the positive next year? Buffalo was minus four. Like that's a much closer um, realistic goal to flip it around. That's true or is it? Because (laughs) some would say, that maybe they haven't fixed their biggest problem. But maybe there is no way to fix it but patience and time. Mm -hmm. The Sabres averaged 3.57 goals per game last year. That was third best in the NHL. The Senators were 18th. The Red Wings were 24th. But, of course, on the flip side of it, the Sabres were 26th in goals against. Ottawa was 20th and have a new goaltender. And the Red Wings were 22nd, and they hope that their then-new goaltender has a much better showing this year than he did last year. As it turns out, the margin is very slim between both all three of them when it comes to goals for and goals against. So that's troubling, because when I look at a big picture of last year, I feel like Buffalo should have been leaps and bounds ahead of these other two teams. But the harsh numbers that come in at the end on the defensive side, they, they take a little bit of that zap out of the offensive numbers, don't they? They do. They do. And you're right. Like, but the Sabres are not banking like Ottawa and Sin. We're going to bring a goaltender or Detroit's in. Well, we brought a goaltender already in Ville Husso, and hopefully he can take a step forward. They're mm-hmm. banking on their defense being a better defensive group, a better defensive structure uh, that's going to help and insulate the goaltender. So that's the approach of the Sabres. But you're right. When you look at it, 300 goals given up last year, again, in the Eastern Conference, there's only two teams that gave up more. Montreal and Columbus. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Philly, who's not a was not a good team, were 23 goals less given up than the Buffalo Sabres. That's a big difference. I love that. It just sounded funny. And I, I hope it, it lasts Philly? that way for even Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Special teams, Buffalo ninth on the power play, Ottawa eighth, and Detroit 17th. On the penalty kill, Buffalo 28th, Ottawa 14th, Detroit 18th. The biggest area of concern out of all six of those special teams units is Buffalo's penalty kill. That That's not even close. Yeah. The other five groups can live with what they were. Buffalo cannot be 28th on the penalty kill. Agree? Agree. And, and a lot of it comes down to... Well, goaltending when you come down to penalty kill, right? And or so, defensive and defensive, changes, right? And and Matthias Samuelson being available for more than fifty-five games, right? That's a big difference too. Uh, but uh, so the the quick answer to that is you're going to need better goaltending. But I do believe that the Sabers, um, 
will put a lot more emphasis on that penalty kill unit and how to sort it out and make it better. There were some flaws last year in the way that they played, I believed, or maybe not their structure, but their quick reaction or lack of quick reactions on the power play, allowing certain shots to come on net where and rebounds around the crease to be tapped in. you got to clear that out. So to me, that's the biggest difference. Okay. You mentioned the forwards, and this is where we really start to dive in a little bit and go side by side to a certain degree. Obviously, there's a plus or minus uh, one or two players on each of these projections yes. because um, you you don't know how camp is going to to play out for these teams, uh, injuries, and you know who's going to line up with whom. But Buffalo's forwards were cream of the crop among these three last year. They ranked second in the NHL in goals with 264 from their forwards. Mm -hmm. Only Edmonton had more from their forwards. Uh, The Senators had the 15th ranked total of 229. They didn't even have 264 goals altogether. The Ottawa Senators had 261. Right. And the Red Wings had 196 goals from their forwards, which explains why, as you're going to see in this graphic, they had so many changes now among their forward group. So we can wonder who's going to be in the top nine for Buffalo. And we can do it with excitement because we don't know if it's going to be Yuri Kulik sliding in. We don't know if Victor Olofsson's going to be staying for sure based on the Jack Quinn injury. And, you know, we also are wondering just how the depth is, is going to play. Uh, does Rusek come, come in and, and, or does anybody else come in at this point in time? Yes. And when you compare you know, what might potentially be Buffalo's top nine. You look at Ottawa and you have to acknowledge the Tarasenko acquisition yesterday, the expected full health of a very big time scorer in Josh Norris, and to a lesser extent, a piece of the Debrinket trade, which was Dominic Kubelik. Not to mention kids like Pinto, who scored 20 last year, needs a new deal, and Ridley Gregg, who the organization absolutely loves, who could carve out a spot. Then you look at the most um, changed group, and that is Detroit. They've mm-hmm. added Debrinket. They've added JT Comfort. Mm-hmm. They've added Clem Coston. They've added Daniel Sprong, who, by the way, was the highest goal scorer for the fewest minutes in the NHL last year. What do you make when you look at these teams' potential top nines? Well, the way that I look at it is Ottawa's got game changers. They got Tim Stutzla. They got Brady Kachuk. They got Claude Giroux, who's even older, is still a game changer. Tarasenko could be a game changer. I mean, he dropped off a little bit last year. The fit wasn't great in New York, but could be a game changer. And you mentioned guys like Norris and Drake Batherson. I think they've got game changers up front. When I look at Detroit, I say, okay, like they do have a couple of game changers. Mm -hmm. I will say Dylan Larkin and Alex DeBrinkett. After that, it's a lot of surrounding piece, supporting pieces. And that, to me, is the big difference. And that's why Ottawa, in my opinion, is way ahead of Detroit because they have game changers. And if they lose one of those game changers, they still have four. They still have three. Like, if uh, if Detroit loses Larkin for any extent of time, well, they're stuck with nobody. Game changers. Maybe to bring it, but who's going to help him? Right? Mm-hmm. So that's the big issue here. The depth when it comes to Ottawa, especially with their game changers, has them ahead of the Red Wings, in my opinion, when you look at the top nine. I think it's fair, even though it's more done and fun. But if people refer to Detroit as the mid-wings, 
you would understand that, right? That it doesn't that feel like how like they might have technically a more solid four through twelve yeah. in their forward ranks, right? That's fair. Yeah, just, better, just better the, middle two lines, but yeah. you, again, it's not that, game changers. Yeah. You've got to have game changers. You have to have guys that you're down a goal with five minutes and you're like, they're going to play every other shifts and they're going to get it done. That to me is a big missing piece for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, from an age standpoint, as it pertained to the forwards, uh, and these are always rough numbers because they can literally change, uh, you know, I mean, my goodness, Tarasenko's in the lineup one night, he's, then he's not, and Ridley yeah. Gregg is. Like, obviously, your average is going to be greatly affected. But the Sabres are roughly 26.1, so is Detroit. And the Senators come in at the youngest group, even with the acquisition of Tarasenko. They're at 25.7 right now. On to the defense. And yes. this this was, <laughs> we tried to go with six. And well, I, we didn't now, compare the Sabres forward group yet. Like, uh, do you want to, like, my opinion oh, on well, what Well, they that were group... on the graphic for those yeah. watching on MSG. So, and we do spend every waking hour talking, talking about, about them. them. So, I, did, I mean, hey, throw out a new configuration, Marty. If you've got something to add with the Sabre forwards, I'm all for it. My only thing that I have to add is the Sabres do have game changers. I don't think it's the same number that the Ottawa Senators have. When you look at the top nine, I think Ottawa could have five or six game changers in their forward group. Buffalo probably has four, uh, three or four, which is good. Uh, but they're they're high elite game changers. They're Tage Thompson type game changers. They're Dylan Cousins type game changers, right? They're Alex Tuck type game changers. So I think that that's why to me, Buffalo, again, maybe not on the same level with the number of game changers that Ottawa does have, but they're really close because of the quality of players that they do have. I just got a text. It has to do with the graphic on the screen. What do you oh, think's what missing? It? What do you think's missing and who sent it? Um, I do not know what think is... of the Red Wings. Think of think the, the pre-show joke. Oh, look on graphic. Oh, Christian Fisher. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, Fisher is not on that list. And our producer Joe Pinter for the games in Buffalo. Um He's not going to be happy because of the uh, family um, connection there. Yes. We'll see if Fisher can carve out a spot. But honestly, he's one of the reasons why I call them the midwings now, because he, on any given night, could float up in there, right? Second, third, fourth line. And I think that's what the Red Wings have a lot of. They're, just, they're, they're probably going to have some really nice versatility for Newsy Lalonde to work yep. with behind the bench. And, uh, you know, I think... That'll be an interesting observation, those three teams and how productive are their forwards. The blue lines have some really interesting star power and obviously depth too. A lot. Uh, I'm going to remove myself from the crafting of the defense document from a Sabre standpoint because I think Henry Yokiharyu should be on there. But <laughs> maybe Marty put down a little more money to have his thoughts on uh, on what the graphics should read here for potentially opening night. But honestly, when you when you look at the blue line... The Senators are fascinating because they're getting their first full year of Jacob Chikrin, right? Yes. And the Red Wings might well, and I would assume will, have Simon Edvidson in this group, even though he's not listed right now. And Buffalo has Yoki Haru, who's not listed right now. But what's also fascinating is the entry-level contracts currently being held by Owen Power, Mo Sider, and Jake Sanderson. Yes. These guys, while not making as much money as the others on the graphic, are 
absolutely the foundational defense core pieces that can and or will shape how these groups look. First of all, do not adjust uh, your um, screen. Uh, Shabbat and Sharat, uh, they look very similar, but they're two different players. So it's not like we duplicated somebody up there. Uh, <laughs> but again, I look at this list and I say, okay, Mo Sider is an elite, elite defenseman. He was rookie of the year uh, two years ago. He's an elite defenseman. But does the Red Wings have another elite defenseman? Edvinson, eventually, yes. E eventually, I but I'm looking at this year. I'm looking at this year. I say, no, they don't have that other elite defenseman. Ottawa does. Ottawa does with Shabbat, Chikrin, and Sanderson. They have three. They have three elite, elite defensemen. And they got a good group. Art Artem Zub is good. He's really good, and he's good supporting piece. Travis Hamonick's going to be fine. Good supporting piece. The Sabres have the same firepower when you look at Darlene Power, and I'll put Samuelson in that category. Like, I would put Darlene Power, Samuelson against Shabbat, Chikrin, and Sanderson and say, I, I, I like what Buffalo has. Look, mm -hmm. I think Ottawa is very sexy as well, but I like what Buffalo has. Now, how does the rest of the group in Buffalo perform? Right now on the screen, we have Clifton, Eric Johnson, Labushkin. Could it be Yoki Aryu, as you pointed out, Duffer? Could it be Bryson that gets in there? Like the Sabres really have eight defensemen. They're going to be some really tough competition in camp, and it is going to dictate who gets that, that you know, last pairing defenseman. And to me, that is going to be the difference if the Sabres get on top of Ottawa for the same com comparison between the top 6D. So... Despite the excellent season of Rasmus Dahlin, we know that he cooled offensively towards the end. And we know that there's much more to give from Owen Power. Remember, we were yes. talking about dynamic defensive duos, both in the past and projections earlier in the week. Of the group of defense, Buffalo had the fewest goals from their blue line last year. They had yeah. 29. They ranked 30th in the NHL in that regard which probably speaks to Ilya Labushkin being their third highest point producer said, when he had 14 points. Once again, this stat will keep coming back yes. throughout the summer and throughout next year when Labushkin is not third in scoring for the Sabres and he didn't move up to second or first, it's going to be better for the Sabres for him to be down to fifth or sixth. The Senators had one more goal from their defense. They also didn't have Chikrin for the whole year, yes. so that's a difference maker. They ranked 27th and surprising perhaps... The Red Wings had 41 goals from their defense, which was ninth in the league. Edvinson comes in and is a full-timer, and Gostas Bear continues yeah. his resurgence. There's no reason that group can't improve their power play. Like, Edvinson only played like nine games, seven games, something like that last year. Scored a couple of times. Um, th th this might be, again, where Detroit ranks a little higher as far as goals from their defense, but I don't know if it's going to be that dramatic moving forward. I just think there's great opportunity for Buffalo and Ottawa to also add more from there. I believe it is. And I believe again, giving power may be a, a partner that is, I don't want to say better suited because with Yoki, are you, he wasn't bad, but let's, let's give Owen power a, a partner that, he can build on. I think that partner is Connor Clifton. Mm -hmm. So then Owen Power jumps up and, and has more than 35 points and probably can get to 10, 15 goals. And Darlene can get to 10, 15 goals. If those two together have 30 goals, 
just those two, and you, you added you add another 10 from the rest of the crew, you had 40. And yeah. 40 is not bad. 40 is, you know, where you want to be. It's top 10. Senators had the youngest defense uh, of that group. Uh, Buffalo was next, and Detroit slightly older at 27.1, Ottawa 25.3. Very quickly on the goaltending, we know Buffalo's situation right now. It's uh, Levi, it's Lukanen, it's Comrie. The Senators have added Corpus Salo. They have Forsberg, and they have five others after Forsberg. So take your pick. I'll just leave it at Matt Sogard right now, but they've got a lot of options. <laughs> the Red Wings still have Billy Husso. They added James Reimer, but I don't think Reimer's going to make the team. I think Alex Lyon will win the battle. He's on a two-year deal, and he could very well be the backup. Interesting with Husso. One of the great developments of the offseason was your introduction to me of this incredible stat on hockey reference, RBS. Yes. Really bad starts. Yes. Billy Huso led the league with 17 of them last year. If that changes and Alex Lyon or James Reimer performs admirably, the Red Wings should be a little more stable in goal. But when you look at those three teams, the biggest change was clearly Ottawa hitching their ride to a new number one in Corpus Allo. Okay, so I think Ottawa's had to go, the Ottawa Senators had to go get another goalie because of the double knee surgery that Anton Forsberg had to go through and the recovery and all of that. I think Anton Forsberg gives them, like, in my opinion, Anton Forsberg, fully healthy, is better than Corpus Allo. That's the way I see it, right? So I think that they now have a couple of good options, but I, I really like Anton Forsberg. When Corpus Allo was on a free agent market, my biggest thing, the note I wrote next to his name was buyer beware. Because I think that he did well in L.A. in a situation where L.A. was a really good defensive team. Phoenix Copley did really well in L.A. also. So I'm like, buyer beware here. Better have a good defensive team for Jonas Corpusello to perform. Although he is saying that he is healthy and feeling a lot better. So, but again, Ottawa to me has the advantage. When I we looked at the Ford, the D, and the, the goalie, I think Ottawa is got three check marks. Now Buffalo has a couple of check marks there and maybe their goaltenders performed admirably and we don't talk about it. Detroit, I'm not sold. I'm not sold on on Villiuso. He came from, you know, St. Louis as a backup and then got the number 1 job and struggled there. Nedeljkovic struggled in Detroit. He came from Carolina, played really well, struggled in Detroit. I think it's going to be a another one of those unknown possibly a struggle for Detroit in net again this year. You're on mutation, Duffer. I like how you oh. mute yourself so that you uh, can cough and clear your throat, but it's better when you get off the mutation station. Uh, thank you. Eric Johnson, Connor <laughs> Clifton, the biggest offseason news for the Sabres. Ottawa added Tarasenko, Kubalik, Corpus Allo, and we'll have a healthy Josh Norris. The Red Wings added Debrinket, Comfer, Costin, Sprong, Fisher, Gostaspare, Hall, and two goalies in the form of Reimer and Lyon. We leave you with that. We've given you the numbers. Yeah. We've given you the projections. It's now still six weeks away, right? No. Oh, my gosh. It's more than that. It's, it's uh, nine. It's like 10, 10 weeks, weeks away. away. Yeah, 10 weeks uh, away, let's say. Well, talk about a buzzkill. 
<laughs> I, oh, guess I, to, I guess we're I have ready. to say, chew on those numbers for a while. Yes. <laughs> we'll revisit them when preseason begins in late September. I love uh, it. We've got arbitration hearings that have yet to be done, but uh, we have some numbers that we can at least attach to the mm-hmm. pending hearings. We'll do that with Shana Goldman when we come back. She's our Friday staple right here on Sabres Live, WGR Sports Radio 550 and MSG. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. It has just dawned on me why Marty is so excited to ask the first question of this upcoming segment. It's because he won't be on the show next week when Shayna is joining me next Friday here on Sabres Live. So now that our weekly contributor (laughs) from The Athletic has joined, Marty, please go ahead with your enthusiastic question. I could be on next Friday, but I'll be doing the full show in French because I will be in Quebec City. So that may not go well with our <laughs> audience. But the question, Shana, is Duffer and I combined last night, probably at about five hours of sleep, or I'm kind of doing a guesstimation on Duffer from past experiences and when we talk. <laughs> and I had one of those Duffer sleepless night last night. So I'm asking, did you beat the combined number of, of hours of sleep that Duffer and I had combined for you last night I actually did it's I think a rare one I was so tired last night after being out in you know 90 degree heat that I I was out 
So you are you are leading the way. Like you need to be the top superstar of this segment. Oh my god! I'm fading away right now. I'm literally fading away a little bit. Well, that's an awkward segue, but I will <laughs> ask uh, if you've heard of the Twenty Seven Club. Oh, no! Is no. it because of uh, what I said about Levi yesterday? Oh no! Don't even go there with that. <laughs> It's celebrities who passed at the oh, age yeah. of 27. Oh, yeah, like Amy Winehouse. Exactly. And, yeah. okay. okay, so this started perhaps historically a long time ago with blues artist Robert Johnson. Brian Jones, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, yeah. Pigpen McKernan, Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, Richie Edwards, Fat Pat, Freaky Ta, and of course, the New York Yankees. Because once they got to 27 World Series titles, they are now oh, in their boy. longest route in franchise oh, history. So, yes. so. Anyway, that's all a build up to the fact that Dominic Hasek had 27 wins in his final NHL season. So too did Ed Belfour. Carey Price had 27 in his final full year in the NHL. And for the first time ever lumped into this group, Miko Koskinen had 27 two years ago <laughs> after then leaving the Oilers and going back to Europe. What is this all building to? It's building to the mysterious or not so mysterious case of Martin Jones, who had 27 wins last year, tied for 11th in the NHL, and yet somehow has been run over by or completely left off of the goaltending carousel this summer. And I only have two questions. Who's to blame? And is he done? Who's to blame? Um Martin Jones is to blame because yeah. he's not a great goaltender. He has a terrible reputation and rightfully so. I mean, you look at the years in San Jose, they weren't great. And you look at what he did after that. It wasn't great. Now, the funny thing is he is coming off probably his best season in a minute in Seattle. I mean, I thought that they gave him way more rope, but it honestly progressed the way I expected the whole time that he had that hot streak of like, this is not going to last. He's going to burn out. Grubauer will take over. And in the playoffs, they are not relying on Martin Jones because who among us would. So yeah. He is to blame. You would think this would be the year team would be more willing to like throw a flyer on him because they're like, hey, look, he was pretty reliable in Seattle. But then you consider the fact that they're one of the best defensive teams, so they don't need too much. Um, will someone sign him? Probably. I'm sure there'll be an injury, a something, a PTO maybe I could see being handed out and see if he can stick. I would be surprised if he was completely done because I think teams are going to recognize the need goaltending. And if they're still learning off the Golden Knights, wrong or right, because so many teams forget that they are not built that way they might mm -hmm. think let's have a stockpile of goalies in case we need for some reason to rotate through five throughout a season does chicago fit into a team that at some point and maybe they don't start the season that way but at some point is going to look at their goaltending and say we have Connor bedard and and we have it like we have to build excitement and we're going in with peter mrazek um it's uh soderblom and uh jackson stauber like is 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 Martin Jones. And I hate to talk about Martin Jones because I mean, again, he's not a good goaltender, but I, I does he fit? He in had 27 picture? wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Winning had, is important people. I, I, I had 29 win my second year in Philly. I was so angry. I didn't get the 30th win on the last game of the season. <laughs> and then I think if I got the 30th win, I would have stayed in Philly, but because I lost that game, Paul Holmgren and the Flyer says, you're no good. You're at 29. So 27 is not good enough anymore. <laughs> <laughs> New bar just got set. I love it. I salute. So Shana, um, Marty introduced us Absolutely. to. So, uh, are we keeping uh, this uh, gold, gold one? 
Yes, because no, uh, you, yeah, good. because you froze, so you need yeah. to go deal with your Spalding Lake Wi-Fi, and <laughs> we dive into the really bad starts column of hockey reference, where I mentioned earlier in the show, Vili Husso led the league in really bad starts. Martin Jones was second with yeah. 14. Uh, that was tied with Jacob Markstrom. Our all-time favorite, Jordan Bennington, was right behind him. <laughs> And Marty's all-time favorite, John Gibson, was right behind him. So We can't just- put those two in a category together. I'm sorry. I need to draw the line. I understand we can't like John Gibson, but we cannot group him with Jordan Bennington. The big loser energy is not there enough for Gibson to be in anywhere near him. But funny mm-hmm. enough, if, if Jordan Bennington, for me, stopped his antics, I think I wouldn't mind him as a goaltender. He moves well. Got good size, got good reaction, and then he loses his mind. Where John Gibson, <laughs> I feel like it's stiff. It doesn't. It's he's sideways often. He's prone to injury. So I would, I wouldn't mind Jordan Bennington if I just could look at his face without his mask on. Let's just put it that way. So <laughs> he won't allow that. So yeah, it okay. never happened. <laughs> it's all self-inflicted. We can go to the opposite end of the goalie spectrum right now and the pending arbitration cases for Swayman yes. and Gustafson. What's your hunch telling you after we saw the Samsonoff deal in Toronto and what are these two gentlemen entitled to and or will likely get? I think that Swayman coming in right in the middle of the team ask and the player ask is honestly very good. He's a very good 1B goalie. He can be good in Boston if they want to stick with him. He can be good elsewhere. They have so many options because you have it, it's always good. I know everyone wants to look at it like, oh, it's a logjam and who's going to play what? But it's it's a good problem to have. Having too many good players is a problem to have because you have that surplus that you can you know work your way from whether you keep them both or you move one. So if they can get him to that reasonable contract on a $3.5 million range, I think that's great because there's potential there and they know it. Whether it's as a 1A or 1B, he can be either one. Gustafson's the weirder one for me because there's a little less history there. You know, it's not like this is a player too that the Wild have had in their system for years that they could rely on. Well, we know he was good X, Y, Z for years to come before being in the NHL. That's not the case. Yes, they can do their homework and scout on that, but I still think it's a little bit different. So you have one really good season behind an elite defense. There's a reason they're going to push back and say you shouldn't get that much money. But, you know, the trends are kind of changing right now because we're actually seeing goalies get to arbitration, which usually doesn't happen, but it'll probably be that short term, you know, one or two year deal. And I can't see it being too high because the wild simply don't have the cap for that right now. And they should want him to prove it a little bit more. Okay. What about Swayman? What is more fair this or that with you, Shana? what would be okay. more fair trading Jeremy Swayman for a second round pick or trading Jeremy Swayman for a first and a third round pick? What is the fair the the best of the two deals um, that a team could make a second rounder or a first and a third. Well, if you're trading to a contender, that first round pick is a late pick and it's kind of equivalent to a second. So getting that second pick, I think is the whole goal of this, right? Because, you know, it might be a wash. Maybe you're trading him to a bad team, right? If you're a team that needs a one, a goalie, you might be that bad team. So that first round pick is going to be a little more valuable, but you could always, you know, monetize your picks. It's it's a good asset to have at the trade deadline. It's a good asset to have at the draft. Maybe that third round pick, you move down and you somehow squeeze two fourths out of it. If you're a good drafting team, why not? The reason I'm saying that is because the offer sheet threshold for a second round pick as a compensa- compensation is 4.29. And I think that some teams, and I, I actually, if Jeremy Swayman gets a one-year deal at 3.4 million, I think it's, 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 
it, it's mind blowing. And like, it, it, Jeremy Swayman is better than a three point yeah. four million dollar goalie. And I think that the agent should have been out there working to say, hey, who's a team that wants to offer my client five million dollars? And five million dollars is a first round pick and a third round pick. And and I and, give that up. Yeah, like okay. So what would Boston have to do? Boston couldn't. They couldn't sign Jeremy Swayman at $5 million. So they'd have to say, let him walk, or they'd have to say, we'll sign you and trade all mark. You're putting Boston in a bad spot. I think the agent is costing Swayman probably a million and a half here on a one-year yeah. deal, like in that sense. So so that's why I was asking, is a second rounder not enough? A first and a third more to value? And I think a first and a third is more to value. So I don't get why they filed for arbitration. He's going to get lowballed like Ilya Samsonov did. Ilya Samsonov is better than a $3.55 million goalie. And that's what he got. And now Swayman's going to get the same deal. And Philip Gustafson is going to get even below that. And I think those goalies are are being put in tough situations. No, you're absolutely right. And the thing with that is, too, if you're Boston, you accept, say, the first and the third, that does benefit them. This is a team that they, you know, move picks out to be better at the deadline. And this year, they're going to have to be better. Right now, they need a high-end center. They have one center out already. They don't know about Krejci. So you're putting yourself in a bind to fill out your top six center depth. And yes, they could move some players around. But now the team's weaker elsewhere. If you can get the picks, you should absolutely try to move them for something else, you know, net don't draft them. They're not useful to you right now, right? Like if you're, and that's what Tampa got right at the deadline, though their actual execution of it was totally wrong. If you're a team that's in contention, those draft picks are not valuable to you as draft picks. They're valuable as trade assets. So one way or another, it feels like moving a goalie, whether it's through an offer sheet or through a trade, might be what they need to do to balance out the rest of their roster because it just isn't good enough right now, in my opinion. So you're both convinced that if there's no more talking between either sides and these arbitration cases go through, that Swayman is going to make more than Gustafson? Um, I could see it. I mean, like he has, I still, I honestly think they're all going to come in around the same, right? That I know. Three, five, five, three, five, three, four, nine, things like that. Right. But I, I'm putting I, you on the spot to say who gets more. Um, Swayman and Samson have got, a drop more than Gustafson. I think that the yeah. Wilds squeeze it just a little bit more and say there legitimately is no history here. He has what 67 games altogether of NHL regular season play. That's less than some starting goalies' workloads in a single season. So my argument for this is I think Swayman comes in under Samsonov because Boston's going to argue that Swayman is a backup and all marks the number one, where Samsonov could argue he was a starter and maybe there was an added value. I think Gustafson's going to want to argue that he is the starter. Minnesota is going to come right back at him and say, whoa, you got Marc-Andre Fleury. He's our guy. You're not our guy. And I think this could hurt. It could hurt Swayman, depending on how he takes it. But to me, that's what the uh, the argument is going to be. So I have Samsonov, Swayman just underneath him, and Gustafson just underneath him. That's a good way of looking at it, for sure. Dana, uh, I'll go with Gustafson just to be different. Um, <laughs> as far as Zegris and Troy Terry, the latter has a hearing coming up on August 2nd. Zegris, of course, is not going down the arbitration path. What is the expectation for both? When do you see these deals uh, culminating? I think that Terry is going to settle before the hearing because I think it's going to hurt the team and the player if they go to the hearing. The, the one problem is a lot of players, I think, are playing it really smart right now. They want those short term deals because you cut your, you know, you're cutting off what you could make if you sign now when the cap is lower, when we ever everyone knows the cap is growing in a year. So 
because of that, I have to think that, you know, Terry might be pushing for that short-term deal bet on himself. But honestly, I don't think the value will change that much. You know, it's different for him versus Zegers because Zegers is a little younger. If I'm Terry, I, I think he can just get a very good contract right now, a lucrative contract for him right now. The Ducks have the money, but... And I think it's in their best interest to sign him sooner than later to that big contract. I also think it's in their interest to sign, to to pay him more than Zegris, which might be the hot take. I think because everyone knows of Zegris for the personality and for the everything, right? He, he's becoming one of the faces of the Ducks. And while I think he's a great, extremely talented player, to me, he's your complimentary top six player on a contender. And he is not the star you're building around. I think Terry is your more trusty score. So I think he's the one that you kind of invest more in. And if they go with, you know, a bridge deal for Zegris right now, that might be the better move to see if he can step up, you know, and if he can raise his game to the level that he needs to be to be that very high top end player for a contender. I'm just not sold, which isn't a knock to him, right? Like we're saying you're a bonafide top six player. That's that's a very good thing still. When is, I read Anaheim, it- is Anaheim the... I don't want to call it the only team because I mean, there's some teams like Philly, I think is there's not a lot of enthusiasm from their fan base, but is Anaheim the worst team right now around the night? Even Arizona signed Logan Cooley and they're like, we're building a team. Now he wants to come here. We're building a team. Like is Anaheim the one team that it's like, ugh, the ducks, like they're (laughs) not going anywhere this year. Like is the one is Chicago's got Bedard. It's like, Oh yeah. Let's put Chicago on national TV. Let's see what he's got. But is Anaheim just not a draw? I think San Jose is not a draw. I think oh, yeah. they are going to take right. the cake. I think for Good Anaheim, point. yeah, the, you have the young players. You have that up-and-coming team. You have a new coach. You have Verbeek, so you don't know what he's going to do yet. With Arizona, if you're going there, maybe you're like, let me explore the college vibes for 3.2 seconds. I'm getting traded at the deadline anyway. They're not going to want to pay me the rest of my contract. This is just how it goes. You know, they're short-term deals, so... You know, maybe a lot of team players are thinking, let me maximize myself now, put myself in a big role where I'm the star of the team, which you're not going to have. And, you know, someone like Jason Zucker, you're not going to go anywhere and be the star unless you go to Arizona. Right. Because there's very few other players. So you have a good shot to kind of rebuild yourself, although it doesn't always work out. Look at John Klingberg. But for me, the Sharks, that's tough. And when Eric Carlson eventually does get traded, which has to happen, that's an even worse team to be on. Yeah, I wouldn't sleep on the Ducks just from an entertainment standpoint. I know John Gibson's still there, so that's why Marty's sour on them. But at least <laughs> at least they're trying because they obviously went veteran leadership in Kalorn and Gudis to help the kids along. They have an incredible defense prospect pool that, who knows, maybe we'll get to see Minchikoff and Zellweger this year on top of Jamie Drysdale already. Yeah. So um the terry and zegris deals i should have known shana when i read about new york city this week it came with an excessive heat warning and you just (laughs) delivered the hot take of the summer with zegris not being the go-to guy rather (laughs) troy terry so i I like mason mctavish too i'm gonna add him in he's the one i think is gonna be like the game breaker of the three perfect and i like how like maybe it's a little bit of a zegris like okay play the game like Mm. play the game play it hard it's not just about like all the creativity like put you they put him in this place a little bit just to see what he's got next yeah bring the the creativity but build on it do a do a little bit more and become that guy instead you know like the league needs marketers zegris is definitely that so he helps shana have a great weekend thank you so much thanks you too shana's back next week we're back after this on sabers live
back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Seven years ago, Hudson Fashing made his Sabres debut and scored in his first game. That was the only goal he would ever get with Buffalo. Happy birthday, Hudson Fashing. A home ice goal against the Jets. Fashing is now 28 years of age and has himself a two-year deal. Full-timer in the NHL. It was a long time coming. Evan Rodriguez, just a short time after that, would appear in the final two games of the season and score his first as a Sabre. He's now got a four-year deal in Florida at $3 million per. And Marty, we're out of time for the birthday, boys. E-Rod's 30. We'll see you Monday. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.